The risks and dangers of concussions have finally been recognized over the past few years. We, of course, hear about concussions in football, but other sports carry the risk as well. So let's talk about the Marin County Concussion Management Program designed to help students and parents navigate concussions in sports with Marcella Shorty, Marin Health Athletic Trainer working at high school. This is The Healing Podcast, brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Marcella, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. So you're an athletic trainer working with students at Tom Pius High School. Can you tell us a little bit about your role? Sure. My role as an athletic trainer is to evaluate, treat, and provide care for athletic injuries and illness that the students might have. I also work to help prevent injury and as well as rehabilitate once they get an injury. Right. Well, thank you for that. And of course, we want to talk about concussions on this podcast because it is a hot topic and very worrisome for a lot of parents and students. So can you tell us a little bit about the Marin County Concussion Management Program? Yeah. The Concussion Smart Marin Program comprised of healthcare professionals. We formed a coalition to coordinate countywide protocols for educating, reporting, and treating concussions hopefully to provide a more consistent way to treat concussions that we can all follow and help each other out. So then what happens if a student gets a head injury during a sporting event and you suspect it might be a concussion? What happens then? Say we're at a football game and the student comes off the sideline, looks a little dazed or not acting right, I would immediately remove them from the game and start to evaluate and examine for a possible concussion. One tool that I have that I use is called the SCAT-5. SCAT-5 is short for Sport Concussion Assessment Tool, and it's a step-by-step evaluation that includes the student's concussion history, current symptoms, a cognitive screening, a neurological screening, a balanced examination, and delayed recall ability, all of which can be affected by head injury. So then we go through that test, It kind of helps me determine whether it might be a concussion or not. If it turns out there's a lot of symptoms that are pointing to a concussion, then I would contact the parent or guardian, and we get them to their primary care physician or urgent health care center for more evaluation by a physician. Right. Are you administering that test on the sidelines then? Yes, we are. It's a sideline test, and we go through it step by step. Okay, so the player is removed, you go through the evaluation step-by-step, and then after the game, you will make a recommendation on sending that student for further testing, is that right? Correct. Speak with the parents and tell them what our findings are. We have a couple forms that we send with the student and the parent so they can give it to their physician and then go from there. So then what happens then? Are there rules for how soon a player can go back to their sport? after they have a concussion or suspected concussion? Yes, that's part of the protocol that we follow. So the student, once they go to the doctor, the physician, and they make a diagnosis of concussion or not, the student has to then follow the protocol where they have to be symptom-free for up to 48 hours. And at that point, we can start a return-to-play progression. And the return-to-play progression is a series of days you add activity. So the first day, you might do something simple like walking a mile. The student remains symptom-free for 24 hours. You can go to the next activity, which might be jogging for five minutes. So there's a system that we progress each activity daily. But if the student does have a symptom, then we have to go back. So they have to always remain symptom-free. 
And we also have to follow the physician's guidelines for that. Absolutely. Good to know there is a definite procedure in place before kids can return to play. So the big question is, how common are concussions? We see these players take these hits, and they do look a little bit wobbly. And sometimes they go right back in. But I would imagine there's a big percentage of kids who take the hit. They don't want anybody to see anything, and they just get right back in the game and keep playing, which isn't good. So this probably happens a lot more often than we think. So do you treat lots of kids with concussion issues each year? Absolutely. The CDC estimated there's between 1.6 and 3.8 billion concussions in sport and recreational activity a year. Like you just said, many go unreported. A lot of times they don't know they have a concussion, and a lot of times they don't want to admit they have a concussion symptom. They don't tell anybody. Even in high school sports, it's estimated there are 300,000 concussions over a school year. So that's quite a few concussions over a year. Wow, that is a lot. Well, football is probably the highest sport where you can get a concussion, but really it happens in every sport. Any kind of contact sport, you have a higher risk of getting concussion. Absolutely true, and I'm glad we're paying more attention to concussions now. Ten years ago, there wasn't this level of attention or scrutiny. And we've been talking about football mainly in this podcast, but there are other sports, too, where kids can get concussions. Soccer heading the ball, hockey, of course, even baseball, a home plate collision. So there are many sports where kids are at risk for concussion. Is that correct? Oh, exactly. Anytime you get like a hit in the head or like a body blow that kind of shakes your head a bit, then you have a possibility for concussion. So like women's soccer, for sure, boys and girls, basketball, when they collide or they fall and hit their head on the court. Water polo, the ball hits your face or your head. So, yeah, almost every sport you can get in touch. Anytime a child falls or like a whiplash kind of sensation in their head, there could be a possibility. Yeah, well, th- even think about skateboarders falling at skate parks, how dangerous that can be. Exactly. Even if you do have a helmet on, like the football players, they do wear a helmet and they have pads, but still the velocity of the hit can sometimes be more than their body can handle. Right. So we know kids are playing in organized sports all the time away from school, right? Little league and football and soccer and those things. What should a parent do if they think their child might have suffered a concussion while playing soccer in the local neighborhood soccer field? So common symptoms that a child might complain of would be like headache, dizziness, they feel nauseous, blurry vision, sensitivity to light also, and just kind of feeling out of it or foggy if they complain about something like that. And parents can also look for if a child kind of appears dazed or confused, answers questions really slowly, has trouble remembering anything that happened before the hit or after the hit. Sometimes even behavioral changes, like very emotional, they can't concentrate or focus. So those are all some warning signs for the parent to look for. Absolutely. And if a parent recognizes any of these symptoms, what should a parent do if they fear their child might have a concussion? First thing would be take out of activity. So don't say, oh, shake it off, even go back in. If you really feel that way, take them out and get them to your health care professional, either your primary care physician or urgent care center, and then follow your physician instructions from there. This is something that is really serious. So if you suspect that your child might have a concussion, best thing to do is call their physician. And if they're in the middle of a game and you see this happen, the child is woozy or wobbly, best thing to do is pull that kid out of the game. You don't want to let that kid keep playing, right? 
Correct. You don't want to have what we call a second impact syndrome where you have a concussion along the first concussion. That just makes the worst case scenario and some serious injury to the brain. Yeah, really important. And again, better safe than sorry. If the game is over and the child is at home and you're recognizing some of the symptoms that Marcella said earlier, best to call the physician better safe than sorry, right? Absolutely. Always there on the safe side. That's what I have to do in my job as well. Yeah, so true. Wow, this is really interesting and an important uh, discussion because kids want to play sports and we want them to play sports, but we've got to do it safely and we do have to monitor the concussion risk because it is real. Marcella, thank you so much for your time. This is really informative. Thank you again. Thank you. That's Marcella Shorty. And to learn more, visit concussionsmartmarin.org. And if you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is The Healing Podcast brought to you by Marin Health. I'm Bill Klaproth. Thanks for listening.